0: Welcome to the Practice Advantage Podcast, brought to you by Healthy Eyes Advantage. I'm Dr. Justin Manning, Executive Vice President of Professional Strategies, and I'll be your host on your practice success journey. Running an independent eye care practice and business is hard work. We exist to make it easier. Here on the Practice Advantage Podcast, we bring you tips, tricks, and strategies from experts from within and outside the eye care industry that you can begin implementing in your practice today. Let's dive in. Today on the Practice Advantage podcast, we're continuing with our new practice efficiency series by focusing on efficiency in the exam room. Now, if you missed part one on the importance of efficiency and practice in general, please go back and take a listen. You don't want to miss it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Masood Nafee, Chief Medical Officer at VisionWeb, home of Uprise EHR, VisionWeb Revenue Cycle Management, not to mention the largest optical ordering platform in the world. Dr. Nafi, welcome to the Practice Advantage Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: excited to be here, and I'm thrilled to, to do this with you, Justin. Thank you.
0: Uh, it's, it's our pleasure. You bring a wealth of knowledge and experience and expertise that uh, I'm excited to share with our listeners now, Masood, from your days owning a private practice to all of the work you've done as an industry leader in the EHR and software space, why is running an efficient practice so important to success?
1: Well, obviously, anyone who has a business understands the important, uh, importance of this. Now, from a business perspective, whether right or wrong, this is how I've always seen it. Running a business requires one to efficiently gen- generate revenue, right? You need to get the PL to be positive, to be green. You know, the more efficient you are, the less expense waste, I put that in you know, quotes here, the more, the more, the less expense waste there is in your practice. And hence, the more money you can keep, you know, the more money your business can keep, the more you can reinvest in your patient care, which is ultimately our goal as practitioners. And I think patient care is the core of why we do what we do. You know, the better we run our business, the better we can care for our patients and the better we can care for our patients, the better they'll take care of our practice in return. We see this in business. And that's what I've seen myself too, from a personal standpoint, it's the beautiful cycle of a great business. uh, And it, it stems from efficient workflows and lean processes.
0: For for whatever reason, I just don't understand why we hold patient care and business management as two mutually exclusive concepts that if for some reason if you're if you care about running a profitable business then somehow you're not fully sold out on high level patient care mm-hmm. but in reality and this is this is my firm firm belief you can't run a successful business if you're not sold out for great patient care but you can't deliver the highest level most amazing patient experience, patient outcomes, if you're also not focused on running a profitable business, and I think in, in what you just said hits the nail on the head of why we at the Practice Advantage podcast do this, we hope to create this mindset with our listeners. So thanks for playing right into uh, our mission there. Let's let's dive into the exam room. We're, we're going to work from the back part of the practice to the front through this series from your ex- from your experience where do you find doctors are the most inefficient when it comes to the exam room
1: yeah so when it comes to the exam room specifically charting in general right and you know it, there's a couple of things i have probably three things i can mention one is charting the other is just the lack of understanding around the technology that they have or can have and then third is really just the lack of What's available there for our profession, honestly. So, you know, charting in general, you know, free typing isn't great. <laughs> Drop-down menus aren't that great either. So, you know, how do you find an efficient way for these practice management software companies in our industry to make things more automated in our in our in our systems that we use no if not artificial intelligence which i believe is the future in technology and it will leak into our profession whether we are ready for it or not uh we at least need smarter automation in our electronic health records to help with the charting the charting component of all this Uh, now equipment integration and technology right so let's think think about a lot of folks have either new devices and don't have it fully integrated. We see this all the time, especially when I travel to see a lot of practices pre-COVID. You know, there's a lot of new technology and of course not everyone has it all integrated. Uh, On the flip side, a lot of people don't have new technology. So they don't understand that beyond just the value of, wow, this is a wow factor for my patient and their experience here. uh, This actually can make my workflow more efficient through the integrations and through the, what the technology can offer. me, So, you know, whether it's a smarter auto-refraction and more accurate point to start with for my, for my manifest or something beyond that, I think that's important. So ultimately, I think specifically, like when it comes to EHRs and because that's really what, you know, from a pra- you know, when we practice, we know how to take care of our patients in a very efficient way. What we're doing, our objective findings and how we get to those, it's there, I don't think there's an inefficient way that we get to those points. We take proper care of our patients. It's all that other stuff about managing our business that makes it more complicated in an examining, right, to answer your question. So uh, lastly, I'll just say, you know, we need government compliant ways that we can automate some of these things for our colleagues. How can an EHR be smart enough to know which ICD-10 we select so I don't have to? How can it be intelligent enough to know which ICD to link to the CPT of that procedure I just did? How can it be intuitive enough to know what my typical treatment plans are uh, for a condition of that severity? This is what can make our lives so much better
0: in the exam. could not agree with you more that uh, charting is such a critical piece of what we do. Again, if it's not on the chart, we never did it. And it's also the most time that we spend outside of taking care of patients. It's focused on that chart. So that is such an area of opportunity to improve efficiency. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other areas or some of the other opportunities. Our our next episode is going to focus on pre-testing, patient workups, and, and just your team in general. But let's bring the team component into the exam room. I I think I believe that many doctors may be hesitant to pass off some additional roles, some additional exam responsibilities, some additional pre-testing components to their team members in the exam room, even if it would be more efficient. What do you What do you recommend?
1: Well, it really depends on the scenario, but I, I agree with you. In general, we underutilize our staff, uh, and as we all know, some staff are more capable than others, and you know. Uh, but I, I, I'd argue, uh, to your point, Justin, that your staff is probably more capable than you think. The problem then lies on how we and if we <laughs> train those staff members. I mean, there's always something more we can do. I mean, we a lot of times hire folks and we don't necessarily give them all the proper training or give them the understanding of why. You know, I always like to, when I was practicing, empower my staff to let them understand that the role they play can save the person's vision just as much, if not more than I, my, my role, because sometimes they spend more time with my patients than I do, right? So I have to trust them with certain things. Uh, and if you don't trust them to do like a quick manifest refraction, which, you know, you can probably not trust them to do in certain scenarios, maybe you can at least trust them to put the RX in the peropter for you. I mean, baby steps, right? Uh, perhaps we can focus on what they can do for us to help Instead of what they can't do, we may end up in a better place than where we started. So, um, you know, ultimately, it is imperative we get the most out of our staff, not just from a business standpoint, as from a dollar perspective, our time is more valuable than theirs, Uh, but also from a patient care standpoint, too, because we want to spend as much time with our patient as possible, uh, discussing their diagnosis, their treatment plan, educating them, and we can do that if our staff does more for us.
0: I love it. Having been in in, an ophthalmology practice in my career where the the techs were COAs and did the the full, pretty much most of the exam elements, it left the majority of my time to spend one-on-one with the patient, educating them, going through their diagnoses, confirming their treatment plans. And I'm not advocating that every optometry office needs to go that direction, but I love the words that you said the likelihood is your staff is far more capable than you allow them to be. And if it can free up your time to educate your patients, spend more one-on-one personal time and, and really be the, the doctor, it creates a more efficient practice. But the biggest component of that, it creates a better, in my opinion, patient experience and the patient doesn't feel like they're being rushed through. I think that's the our biggest Concerned with efficiency. Efficiency is not speed. We're not just trying to go faster, trying to get a great result, a great experience, but also be efficient in the in the process. When it comes to patient education, and we just touched on that because that's a critical piece of what we do. I know I'm I'm just as guilty as probably more guilty than anybody else of you know being long winded and taking more time than I need to educate patients and. Yeah, I'll be honest, it slows you down in the process. How does a doctor find a happy medium between educating the patient well enough, utilizing the tools that they have available to them, but not being too long-winded and not over-educating, let's say? No, it's
1: it's a great point. And I think, you know, I think it actually starts with your staff. Back to, to your earlier question around maximizing your staff, you know. If you maximize your staff, they're actually educating patients along the way. So, for example, if they're in the pre-test room, you have visual field or auto refraction, you know, maybe some type of retinal imaging. These these components having proper education of that, then, then when they're ready to see you, they understand the items that you have reviewed without you even having to take the time to talk to them about it because your staff did it. And now as you're going through some of these things, their mind is also working. And that patient is understanding why you're taking a look at their eyes with this huge microscope. They're understanding why you are asking them better, one or two, because that autorefactor machine kind of did an automated thing of this from what the staff told me. So the patient is more comfortable and ultimately having a better experience because the education started at the very beginning. And I think when they get to you, you would have less, Less words to say, ultimately, because they have a better fundamental knowledge of what they're doing in your in your exam, um, what they're doing in your actual in in your actual practice. So one is, you know, the points we mentioned earlier really lead to turning this dream into a reality. One is utilizing technology to its fullest. Right. So that efficiency can lead to more one on one time where you actually have the time to do it. I think the problem is a lot of folks don't have the time to do it. And I think that's the first core issue. And then the other is just having the latest, greatest technology, whether it has to do with devices or has to do with practice management, EHR systems. You know, for example, some of the new EHR systems have automated built-in patient education videos that you can either send to their portal with one click or play it right there in their practice. These things can help you, and not
0: and educating the patient without you having to do it all yourself. I want to I want to go back. You made a a fantastic point and I think we often think about the patient education component of the exam as the very end instead of yep. thinking it thinking of patient education as the entire process. In your experience working with practices in in your own practice Engaging the your staff and your team members in that education process, what does it do to the your team to expand their role in patient care instead of just pushing a button, how does that impact their experience? Well, it empowers them
1: to be somebody that's knowledgeable caring for that patient. It also gives it, it sets the standard that my staff is you know because a lot of times I've seen where patients, you know, unfortunately have not treated my staff to the same, with the same respect that they have treated me because of my title. But when you empower them with this knowledge and the ability to speak to these things, you also increase the level of respect that patient will have for them, which actually can lead to more efficiency as you can, you know, back to the topic, because now the staff or the the patient, excuse me, is going to be more cooperative with someone they trust. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And I think, Every time I've had this conversation with staff, it's been simple because they want to feel empowered. They want to be respected. They want to be able to do more, uh, and they usually don't shy away from it. And I think good staff will always take that head on.
0: I think that's a critical takeaway. And we talk quite a bit on the Practice Advantage podcast We're trying to deliver business leadership knowledge to our our listeners that they can immediately apply in their practices. And I love what you just said. When it comes to the practice efficiency standpoint, when it comes to the efficiency in the exam room, empowering your team, if you give your team the opportunity to elevate themselves from a patient care standpoint, from an education standpoint, the likelihood is they're going to live up to that they're going to live up to that opportunity and, and seize that opportunity. And I have a moment that I want to, I want to speak to, you Please. know, uh,
1: and moments are important. You know, there was a, there was a time where a patient, you know, just as one example, patient calls in Saturday morning appointments, my front desk staff takes the call. The patient talks about their, their vision going in and out. They see flashes of light this and that. And of course, you know, in our mind we're thinking there's a tear, there's something going on in the retina. Now, the staff member convinces the patient who didn't want to come in on a Saturday that they should come in. Ultimately, we saw this huge tear that's pretty much detached retina. Now, when I went back to the front desk to essentially set up the referral, I told that patient that this staff member right here, it wasn't me, this staff member saved your vision. It was this staff member where it all started. And they were educated enough as a staff member and empowered enough to be able to educate that patient of what's going on and how important and critical it is and time sensitive it is for them to come in today. So that patient looked at that staff member and thanked them sincerely and later sent them a thank you gift, not me, but my staff member. So I think moments like that also builds culture in your practice that
0: you can pay for. I can't imagine that anyone listening to this podcast could say, nope, I don't want that experience in my practice. I don't want any of my patients to be able to say that about my my practice. But it takes intentional work to make that happen. But what an amazing what an amazing story and what and what an amazing experience yeah. the patient had. Now we brought you on to, to talk business. You have an MBA, you you were, you've been an industry leader for so long. You are obviously an EHR expert. So let, let's talk a little more about the sure. charting process. I haven't met a doctor who is as efficient as they should be or is fully utilizing all of the components that their EHR can provide them. And it doesn't matter what EHR platform they're using. Why are we so efficient when it comes to our charting? And what should our listeners do tomorrow to start that process of being more efficient in their charting or utilizing their EHR? Yeah,
1: know it's a great question. I think, you know, if we learn, think about Microsoft Word, you know, a lot of us have Microsoft Word or something equivalent, we probably utilize 10% of its functionality and features. Uh, it can do so much more, but we probably haven't even taken the time to learn about it. So first I would say learn, you know, learn about your technology. Learn about its full capabilities. This isn't just about the EHR system and its charting uh, efficiencies and, and features and functionality, but your devices and other items we mentioned in your exam lane that, makes you, that either makes you inefficient or makes you efficient. So, you know, that's I think it's no different. We probably utilize 10% of our technology in the exam lane, um, you know, plus or minus depending on how tech savvy we are as optometrists. Now, there's also the workflow changes we can implement, you know, start with measuring and then evaluate the workflow. So how many of our of your listeners here, Justin, are, you know, probably even measured on average how long it takes for my staff to do X, Y and Z. Uh, you don't need a large sample size to understand this. You really don't. And then let's talk about our exam line. You know, we, we love to be critical, but sometimes we don't love as human beings to be self-critical. How long does it take me to do A, B, and C in my exam lane. If we start by measuring, we I think can get to a point where we understand where our inefficiencies lie and we'll know what to focus on. And, you know, well, then I have a better understanding with hard data and I'm a big believer of data-driven decisions. So then my data-driven decision can lead to, I need to be more efficient in Y but not Z and my staff needs to be more efficient
0: in B but not A. It's fantastic <laughs> advice. Go into your practice. If you want to be more efficient in the exam room, time yourself, figure out how long it takes you in the exam room to walk through every component of what you do. And don't just focus on your patient care, physical exam, include the charting, spend a little time getting to know your EHR platform better, understand what tools are available that that currently exist that you're not using and train yourself, train your team on how to utilize them better. It's a little investment up front that has big time savings and efficiency generation dividends on the back end. Now, Masood, I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on the Practice Advantage podcast, sharing your expertise, sharing your wisdom with our listeners. We always like to wrap up our, our episodes. We, we believe li- leaders are readers. What are you
1: currently reading? Well, I had a great book sent to me by one of my good friends, but I haven't gotten to that book yet it's because I'm rereading a very critical book. Uh, and you know, for the listeners out there, my friend is is Dr. Justin Manning. So, uh, you know, I'm rereading one of my favorite books because I thought it was so critical, and I wanted to apply it to the businesses that I'm trying to lead today. And it really has to do with you know this Amazonian consumerism, right? Convenience is key. Uh, differentiation is critical, but all of that leads to first understanding your business and what, where the problems lie and who really knows the problems. It's not really us. It's not always the CEO and the C-suite or the executive team. It's the people in our organization and the people in the trenches and, and in practice, that's our staff. So the book is the idea driven organization, unlocking the power and bottom up ideas by Alan Robinson. Great book. It teaches you of how you can empower your staff, your team, but also give them the autonomy to create ideas that can actually really, really uh, end with great results for your business. And it's a win-win. They're happy. Your business is happy. You're happy. So it's a great book. I highly recommend it.
0: We'll go ahead and put uh, a link to that book in the show notes. Again, Masood, can't thank you enough for sharing uh, your knowledge with us today. Thank you so much for having me. If you've enjoyed the Practice Advantage podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. And if you want to learn more about HEA's exclusive monthly subscription-based Practice Advantage consulting program powered by Williams Group, give us a call at 1-800-959-2020, option three, and your first month is free. Start designing your life and what your practice can do for that life today. See you next time.